Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Alright, praise the Lord. I said white tongues, right? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4. Now, you are listening not just to be blessed, but so that you can teach others also. I want every one of us to be able to defend, you know, the gift of tongues, to be able to explain it to people. There are so many misconceptions out there. Look at verse 4. It says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ, that in everything, say in everything, you are enriched by him. Say, I'm enriched by him. In all utterance, say in all utterance. And in all knowledge, say in all knowledge. Listen, God wants you to be enriched. God wants you to be blessed spiritually, not just with knowledge, but with utterance. He wants you to abound, not just in knowledge, but in the gift of utterance. This is charismatic utterance. And how blessed this pastor must have felt to talk to an entire church and to have this as their, as their testimony, that in all things, you are enriched by him, not just in his knowledge, but in utterance. And then he says this, even as the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you have to understand how powerful this is. And first and foremost, for those of you who are still in the valley of decision, you haven't made up your mind about spiritual gifts, you are indifferent about things like tongues, I want to tell you this, Jesus is coming soon. This is the time where you get to use the gifts of the Spirit and to demonstrate His power in your world. When He comes, there won't be any need for those gifts. So now He's telling you, don't come behind in any gift as we're waiting for His coming because when He comes, there's not going to be need for those gifts. So now is the time to use the gift. Don't come behind in any gifts. Don't come behind. Remove the doubt from your mind. Don't come. It's just so that you come behind in no gifts. Waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now is the time to be enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. The next thing he said is, the testimony of Christ is confirmed in you. Listen, we're answering the question, why tongues? The first obvious answer is, why not? And you're like, why not? How can God give you a gift? And you say, why? You know, some people try to rationalize the importance of the gift. And I think it's a very irresponsible and ungrateful thing to do. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall speak with tongues. Question, do you believe? Well, you should speak with tongues. The obvious answer, first and foremost, is why not? But then, this is the most powerful reason for the tongues gift. And I want you to listen. You probably have not heard it anywhere else. When I speak in tongues, I confirm the testimony of Christ. And here is how. 
of all the spiritual gifts, there is only one that proves that Jesus is glorified, and that's tongues. Every other spiritual gift was possible before Jesus died and was buried and rose again. People healed the sick before Jesus was glorified. People raised the dead before Jesus was glorified. Even though he said greater works, you see, but these things were done before Jesus was glorified. People saw visions. People prophesied before Jesus was glorified. Tongues is the only gift. So now he says, it is expedient that I go. If I do not go, the comforter will not come. Now the comforter has come. And so I want to show you something very important. Turn your Bibles quickly, Acts chapter 2, the advent of the Spirit. Peter is giving a report out to the accusations of the people. Oh, these men are just drunk. And he's explaining, oh, what had happened in that upper room. Look at verse 32. It says, this Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Everybody read verse 33 of Acts chapter 2 together. Loud as you can, one, two, go. Listen, listen. So how is it that we can speak in tongues? How is it that all of us, 120 people, got filled with the Spirit and started speaking in tongues? It says, he being at the right hand of God exalted. And having received of the Father the promise of the Spirit, he has shed forth. Meaning the only reason he could shed this forth is because he's glorified. He's exalted. And having received of the Father the promise of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. You know, don't ever fall for the deception that people who are enthusiastic about speaking in tongues are just giving heed to charismatic exuberance. They're just extra. They're just being hysterical. This is important. This is not luxurious. When I speak in tongues, I'm doing so because Christ is glorified. And I'm proving it when I speak in tongues. This is a gift that I could only receive because Jesus is glorified. No other gifts point directly to this one. And that is why I agree with people who believe that speaking in tongues must have been the greater work that, that Jesus spoke about. Think about it. He said, they that believe in me, the works that I do, they shall do also, and greater because I go to my Father. So a greater work will be a work that will only be possible because Jesus is glorified. And you look at all the other spiritual gifts, the plethora of them, there is none other that is only possible because Jesus is glorified. Come on, are you with me? So, you have to see, this is important. This is important. This is important. And even if you receive the seal of the Spirit by faith at salvation, that seal is demonstrable. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? It's demonstrable. 
when I speak in tongues. You know, some people argue, is speaking in tongues the evidence, you know, of the infilling of the Spirit? Are there not people who are born again who don't speak in tongues? The real question is, should there be? Speaking in tongues for sure is evidence. I wouldn't say it is the evidence of receiving the Spirit. The evidence of receiving the Spirit is faith. If you believe the gospel, you've received the Spirit. You are saved. But speaking in tongues for sure shows that you have the Holy Spirit and that Jesus is glorified. So this is not something to be casual about. And also, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what the Bible says. In Jude verse 20, the Bible says, Therefore you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up yourselves. The Greek word, you know, or his, or his derivative is oikodomio. It means it's, it's a building construction term. So I can build up myself. Listen, when I wake up in the morning and I feel low, either spiritually or emotionally or both, I can do something. Listen to me. Speaking in tongues is the greatest antidepressant I know. Are you listening to me? Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Thank God for mental health and awareness. But the widespread of depression is more reason teachings like this are important. You see, the things of the Spirit are more practical than people give it credit for. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 14. It says, he that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. The Greek word means to put brick upon brick. Like you're constructing a building. So when you see a building construction, I mean, if you're, just imagine you pass a building every day on your way to work. Every time you pass, the height has increased. When you go to work and come back, the height has increased. When you travel and come back, the height has increased. Did you ever go to school or go somewhere and came back and you saw a building that was not there and you went, whoa, that can happen to your spirit. One moment people look at you and you seem down. They look away and look at you again and wow, you're strong. There is an advantage in God. Take advantage of it. Receive it. If God made the gift available, it must be important. Don't give excuses. Three reasons why you should speak in tongues. The first is why not? The second is because when I speak in tongues, I display the fact that Christ is glorified. Because only the testimony of the glorification of Christ could make the tongues gift possible. And number three, I edify myself. Hallelujah. 
There are common misconceptions about tongues that I also want to deal with. I don't even know where to start. There are there's so many of them. First and foremost, some say not all Christians should speak in tongues. It's not for everybody. That's a lie from the pit of hell. First and foremost, do you realize that at the advent of the Spirit, 120 people were in the upper room and every single one of them spoke in tongues? That means that at the origin of the church, there was no single believer who was not a tongue speaker. That reveals God's plan. Any other thing you see today is a departure from God's original plan because if when the Spirit came, He left no believer out, that means that's God's plan. That's God's plan. 120, guess what? You don't see a single example in the Bible where any people group were receiving the gift of tongues and some did not receive. There is no single example. I mean, it was so confirmed that a magician called Elimas offered money for it. He saw that anybody that they laid hands on was filled. Do you understand what I'm saying? He saw that this was something dependable. Like, it, 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 this was no guesswork. This was not subject to probability. He saw that everyone they laid hands on was filled with the Spirit. He said, I, I want this power. And he was rebuked, of course. You think that the things of the Spirit can be bought with money. Your money perish with you. But the fact is, he saw that nobody was left out. I want this power so that everyone I lay my hands on will be filled. An unbeliever saw that nobody was left out when they were ministered to. In Cornelius' house, even his servants were filled with the Spirit. Is that not the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel? I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. Upon servants and handmaidens, nobody will be left out. Old or young, male or female, rich or poor. In the things of the Spirit, there is no discrimination. Jesus literally said, John 7, 37, the Bible says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, he stood and cried with a loud voice, if any man thirst, that's the only requirement. Listen, he's not even scrutinizing to think of who to give or who not to give. He said, it's there. You want it? Go and drink. If any man thirsts, it's, open, it's an invitation open to all. If any man thirsts, come and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. <laughs> and then the Bible says, this spake he of the spirit, which those that believe on him should receive. Hallelujah. So it's open to all. If any man thirst, Jesus said, come and drink. So there are a few texts that people have misconstrued, like the last few verses of 1 Corinthians 12, 
that says, um, are all prophets, are all apostles, do all speak in tongues? Many, I, I wish I had enough time to explain what was going on there. But simply put, if you understand simple English, you know that there is a difference between do all speak in tongues and can all speak in tongues. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a clear difference. Why will Paul say, covet endlessly the best gifts? Covet the gift of the Spirit if it's not for everybody. He says to covet it because it's for you. Because you can receive it. Hallelujah. And imagine a church that historically was a mega church. I'm talking about the church at Corinth. Historians have not really made up their mind how many they were, and of course, that's practical because it's hard to determine the exact number. But the least number I've seen is about 3,000. A church of 3,000 members, and Paul writes to him what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4. And he says, I thank my God that you are enriched by him in all utterance. This was a church full of utterance. They were so full of it, they had excesses. But guess what? I would rather choose a church whose manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit I have to coordinate than a church that is not willing to manifest gifts of the Spirit. And this is the problem. Many people who have an opinion against tongues, they don't even stand in the shoes of Paul. Do you, when you are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you will never see it coming that Paul had some things to correct about tongues. He first thanked God for it. Many people, when they see the gifts of tongues, they, they only see what people are doing wrong. But Paul saw it as a good thing. And thank God for it. I thank God that you come behind the no gifts. That's the most important thing. That's how we started the letter. And even when he was going to correct the excesses, he said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you are. Isn't it interesting? The, most of the people who are trying to correct the excesses of tongues don't speak in tongues. How ironic. You don't speak in tongues, you are trying to teach us how it should be done. The person who was correcting, at least, said, I speak in tongues more than you are. Tongues gift is for everybody. Everybody say, it's for me. Say, thank you, Jesus. It's for me. You know, in the Abuja church, we had an, an altar call. And just as a lady, as I was just leading her in the confession, nobody had even sat her down to break down all these things. And all of a sudden, my tongue rather. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. Take from within and I put upon. That's how I stand myself. There is fire. I take from within and I put upon. That's how I stand myself. There is fire. Atalamaya. There is fire on my altar. There is fire on my altar. 
I put fire on my altar. I put fire on my altar. Thank you, Jesus. How can you be in this kind of atmosphere and not be filled with the Spirit? It's not possible. Listen, let me tell you something interesting that you might not know. Are you aware that it's impossible to desire the infilling of the Spirit and not receive? I mean, if you're here and you don't speak in tongues and you want to speak in tongues, the chances of you leaving this place without speaking in tongues is zero. 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 First of all, <laughs> with all sense of humility, because of the person ministering to you, and more importantly, because of the integrity of the word. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 11. Jesus. Luke chapter 11 verse 11, read together, one, two, go. If you, have a, if, if you have a son, if a son shall ask for bread, I beg your pardon, of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Verse 12. Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13, as loud as you can, one, two, go. Hallelujah. He says, if you then, if you have a child, mommy, who says, mommy, I'm hungry, and you think it natural to oblige and give the child food, he says, how much more? It's just like seeing a mom who is depriving her child of food, as petty and as wicked as that would be. It says, it's even more petty to imagine that you will ask the Father for the Holy Spirit and not receive. Not only will you not receive, you won't receive something else. You know, some people think, oh, you better be careful. There's fake tongues out there. There is no Bible example of that. No Bible example. Let me tell you this. If you receive this word and you step out in faith and you open your mouth to speak in tongues, you cannot get it wrong. Because he said, you cannot ask for fish and receive a serpent. And you cannot ask for egg and receive a scorpion. So if I believe in the Lord Jesus that he is raised from the dead, and I believe that I receive his spirit, and in accordance to the word of God, I open up my mouth, what he that all would have been gibberish, Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord hijacks the interpretation, makes it a channel from my spirits to his spirits. A communication such that even to my mind, it seems like gibberish, but it's not. It's not. It's not. 
on the integrity of the word. Don't be like me. I wasted my time, wasted years, not sure if my tongues was real. Until I happened to be in one meeting, all of a sudden, and we were all praying. And all of a sudden, the, the guy who was leading the meeting said, everybody stop. He said, you continue. So it turns out he had an interpretation of what I was saying. And began to interpret and it was spot on, you know. As he was interpreting, as he was interpreting I was like, yeah, I'm deep like that. Like, you, know. <laughs> you know, so when I was leaving that meeting, I was like, I was shaking like, was that me? Now, me precise, I precise, so, wow! And then I began to think of all the years I wasted my time. Ah, I would have been using this gift. I would have been firing in the morning. Mataroko, Rimbarataka. Ah, I have to make up for lost time. Don't let that be you. Let me tell you something. There is no intellectual way to know you're getting it right. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you speak and it makes sense to you, you are wrong. That's, that's proof that you got it wrong. If you say, ah, I'm making sense, you are wrong, you have missed it. So if, if you are speaking and you say, I'm saying rubbish, that means you are getting it. I'm telling you the word of God. 1 Corinthians 14. Let me tell you something. The reason why I had to do this teaching is because you can't step into the fullness of what I taught yesterday if you don't speak in tongues. You want to understand divine spiritual seasons, you must speak in tongues. Oh. You must speak in tongues. Ah, ah, you must speak in tongues. It doesn't matter. Even if you missed your way, even if you strayed from God's plan, when you are speaking in tongues, it will align you. You become aware. You will just know. See, by the time you are done, you will just know. That was my earliest introduction to the prophetic before I began to understand it. Now I can just stand there random. I can go around and see things supernaturally about people. But baby steps, I remember the day I was praying and in, in a vision, I saw my friend's dad, a man I'd never met before. But in the vision, you just know. You know that's his dad. And I saw him. He was walking towards an open door and was dancing. And when he got close, the door was shut. So I stopped praying and I called. I said, bro, this is what I saw. Do you know a few moments, his mom called me shouting, hey, man of God, you are spot on. You are spot on. We've been praying for a promotion for this man in the office for years. He got the promotion two weeks ago and then five days after it was withdrawn. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's the prophetic. <laughs> pro, pro, can I pro? <laughs> That's where he started. Tongues. Tongues. Let me tell you something. And I want to teach you this. Interpretation of tongues is not translation. You have to understand. Sometimes you are even speaking in tongues 
and someone you, you have not seen in years, the person's image will just come to your mind. Don't ignore it. Every idea that strays when you're praying in tongues, investigate it. Investigate it. It might be the Lord. And very often it is the Lord. I'm teaching you something very important. So usually, as I'm praying in the Spirit, I, something must drop. I will write it down. This is how I became so excellent. Too. This is how I always know what to do. I would just, by the time I'm done praying like this, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll tear this down, we'll start this, bam. See, I did teach you something. Are you getting what I'm saying? Arrange your life straight up. You will just finish. You say, okay, this is how I will go. I will start like this. I will meet this person. Do this. Stop this. Start this. Bam! 12, 12 months. You will be surprised what your life will be. You will be surprised. It's the story of my life. Oh. Story of my life. 1 Corinthians 14, right? Verse 2. Everybody read as loud as you can. One, two, go. Hold on. Read that again. One, two, go. Hold on. Do you know this corrects a very grievous misconception in the church. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. Some people say tongues is for evangelism. Haven't you heard something like that before? That if you go to a country where you don't speak their language, the Holy Spirit will now hijack your vocal cavities, you know, and you know, uh, vocal cords and start vibrating it. I don't know how the logic works. Maybe the Holy Spirit will hold your esophagus and be skipping with it. You know? So the sound on the floor. Wow. Wow. That'll be the tongues. You know? Some people. Don't mind me. I miss the gym. So, you know, I don't know how to think. So I traveled to China and I never spoke Mandarin. So the Holy Spirit will just carry my, you know, I was like, Tongue <laughs> I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying it's not tongues. Listen, let's move to the second part. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man, no man what? So if you go to China and you speak their language miraculously and they understand you, what you spoke, was it tongues? The only way tongues can be interpreted is by another gift of the Spirit called the gift of interpretation of tongues. That's the only way tongues can be understood. If you speak and people understand you, was it tongues? Now let me catch you. Doesn't that mean that we don't truly understand what happened in Acts 2? If they spoke 
and the people down understood them. Doesn't that mean there is something else we need to understand about Acts 2? Let's make an experiment. How many people are on this road? Two, four, six, eight. Okay. Can I have the first 10 rows stand up just here? Thank you. Thank you for your cooperation. And then the last row too, since there's 10 of you. Join them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You stand up. Ten. You stand up. Thank you. Then the next row after her. Now, I want all of you to pray in English loud as you can. Want to go. Nope. I'm serious. Pray in English loud as you can. Is this how you pray? Pray loud now. All right, now, I want a volunteer. Just raise your hand, anybody. Yes, can you tell me what the lady in front was saying? So now, you think that 120 people were in an upper room praying loud at the same time. You, you are in the same room, you couldn't hear them. And that people down heard. That's what you think. When 120 people are praying loud at the same time. What do you hear? Noise. Do you hear any, any of them distinct? Sit down, thank you. So let me tell you this. We have a problem in the church. We think that just because it's in the Bible, it's the word of God. The word of God is the Bible properly explained. It says, study, <coughs> excuse me. It says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing. It must be explained. Because guess what? Even the Bible teaches. Even the devil teaches. If you are the son of God, jump from the pinnacle of the temple for it is written. Was it not written? Yes, sir. So why didn't Jesus jump even though it was written? Because it is also written. Meaning what is written here? And what is written there must balance out for it to be the word of God. So, for you to understand Acts 2, you must put it pari passu, 1 Corinthians 14. What you see in Acts 2 is a journalistic account. This is what people said. What you see in 1 Corinthians 14, it's a teaching. 1 Corinthians 14 is more authoritative. Acts 2 is an experience. Do you understand that? So now, you now have to judge the experience to know what must have happened. First and foremost, there is no way they were able to tell distinctly what people were praying upstairs. That's common sense. Number two, there is nothing fascinating about hearing someone speak your language. So let's assume everybody actually heard them. Oh, I didn't know that there are people here that speak my language. Is that enough to gather 5,000 people? Is that enough to, it's not enough to gather 5,000 people. So something extra and miraculous was happening that gathered the people and they were astonished. Number three, why did some people accuse them of being drunk? What are the symptoms of drunkenness? When you see a drunk person, how do you know? Staggering, what else? Incoherent speech. 
So that means the people up there were not speaking any language fluently. Their speech was incoherent. That incoherence of speech, is it not consistent with 1 Corinthians 14 teaching on tongues? All right. Now, also in Ephesians 5.18, it says, Be not drunken with wine wherein is excess, but be, what? Filled with the Spirit. That means the, being filled with the Spirit has something consistent with drunkenness. That means it's more likely they spoke in tongues the way we know it, the 1 Corinthians 14 way. And they very likely interpreted what they were saying. And by some supernatural means, the people down heard what they were saying. They didn't interpret the tongues. They didn't understand the tongues. But there was an extra spiritual effect happening that drew their attention. But if you think that they were actually speaking human languages, you are ignorant. Let me tell you this. Another question. If those people in the upper room were speaking other languages, how come it never happened after that? How come it never happened after that? Mind you, tongues is not one of. If you've got it, you got it. So how come they never spoke in other languages again? How come? How come when Peter was giving his rebuttal, his reply, he never mentioned anything about foreign languages? His focus was drunkenness, the allegation of drunkenness, because that's what really happened. Do you get it? When a man speaks in tongues, he doesn't speak to men. He speaks to God. No man understands it. How be it, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He speaks what? Uh -huh. So when I speak in tongues, it's a mystery to you. You can't understand it. It's a spiritual mystery. Hallelujah. You know, some people just carry the funny teaching because Paul says, though I speak in tongues of men and of angels, and I have not love. So he says, oh, there are types of tongues. There's tongues of men, tongues of... It's figure of speech, hyperbole. Every African child knows that now. When you're crying, you say, mommy, I want ice cream. She says, no. You start crying. Then she says, if you like, cry from now to... Hyperbole. So even if you speak of, with tongues of men or of angels, it doesn't mean tongues is like that. So we can go step by step and debunk all these misconceptions. Or you can just receive and embrace the word of God. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, if you gather together in one place and you speak in tongues, someone who doesn't know about tongues, who occupies the room of the unlearned, if he comes in, will he not say you are mad? If tongues was done in human language, what's mad about it? If you don't sound mad, you're not getting it. <laughs> if, you, if we look at you, no symptom of drunkenness, no symptom of madness, you are wrong. <laughs> That's why he says, he being at the right hand of God, exalted, Acts 2.32, put it again. You, there's something you probably didn't notice. Acts 2.32, quickly. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all um, witnesses, verse 33. 
Therefore, being at the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed for this which you now what? And what? So in tongues, there is something to see and something to hear. So when you see people speaking and going, and maybe you will fall. It's part of it. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did stagger normally. Hey, hey, hey. He's the most high. Don't you understand? Normally. Hallelujah. Come on, are you ready tonight? Are you ready this morning? Thank you, Jesus. So this shouldn't take time. You can't ask for bread and receive stone. You cannot. Even wicked humans know how to take care of their children. How much more the Heavenly Father? When it comes to speaking in tongues, the Holy Ghost will not speak to you, speak through you. You will speak empowered by the Spirit. There's a difference. It's a language. You have control over it. That's why, see, Paul wouldn't tell the church in Corinth how to go about tongues if it was uncontrollable. The fact that he was talking about it means it's controllable. Meaning I can speak voluntarily and I can stop speaking. He says the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophets. Meaning I have control over it. That's why, have you noticed, someone who has bad English, if he's prophesying, as he's delivering the message of the Spirit, we see Tabon. It doesn't mean the Spirit's shell, though. <laughs> but as the spiritual information is passing, it will still pass through your mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there is no how the inspiration will always come in your language. Do you understand? And it will always be subject to your See, and don't let language disturb you. <laughs> prophecy is prophecy. <laughs> you might be joking. Someone is shelling. But, <laughs> oh my God. The proof is in the power. Are you listening to me? It's in the power. So very simple. As we pray for you, you're going to have to do something. Last text for today, and I hope you get this. John 7, 37. And mm. the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, if any man, what? Let him come and what? All right. So it's that simple. If you want to speak in tongues, drink. Drink. This is so simple. I've done it over Skype before that year. I said, say with me, Holy Ghost, promise of the Father, I receive you. She was replying. After a while, I didn't hear her voice again. I said, are you there? She said, yes. <laughs> I know that reply. I said, what's going on? She said, mata, mata, baraba. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. 
For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.